You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Your training program should be informed by your fitness goals. Whether you're training to lose weight, to gain strength, to build endurance, to look better. Or to beat the ever-loving shit out of someone. Uh, yeah. Or that. Today on the podcast, we'll be talking to Muay Thai fighter Joshua Brandenburg. Guys, I'm Robin Shaw. I'm Michael Buckley. And you're listening to the podcast. It's the podcast with Michael Buckley and Robin Shaw. I've lost 85 pounds. Now I'm a personal trainer and help other fat people. I was the last kid picked in gym class. Now I'm a personal trainer and I've got a six pack. Hey guys, we're back with another episode of the podcast. I'm Michael Buckley. I'm Robin Shaw. And Michael, how have you been? I've been pretty well. How about yourself? I have been eating like a pregnant woman. Are you pregnant? I hope not. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would not but be you're, good. <laughs> but you, you feel like you're eating for two? That would not be good for the mouth I drank last night. But um, You know that old line about I'm eating for two yeah. with pregnant women? It's actually kind of, uh, it's kind of bullshit. What is? Like Why when, is that bullshit? Because women, uh, when a pregnant woman actually only needs to consume like the equivalent of like an extra piece of bread. A day in calories for to support like a, a, a fetus. Okay, fine. I'm not eating like a pregnant woman. I'm eating like someone who's possessed by a really <laughs> fat man. And no, I don't know what's wrong with me. Wait. I've been eating like you know you're supposed to eat eight small meals a day. I've got the eight meals down. They're just not small. What are you eating? Everything kind of and anything. What's going on? I what's ate a on? jar of peanut butter the other day. Whoa. I know. Are you hungry? Do you feel like you're? No. You're extra hungry or is emotional, it just... Emotional, feeling a void. Is it the weather? <laughs> yeah, I'm it's totally serious. Do you think it's the weather? No, I don't know what it is. I just, I've, I've had very little self-control lately. I think I'm stressed. So when I'm stressed, I eat. I also eat when I'm sad though and happy. Are you sad? <laughs> it's a Jew thing. Oh. We just eat whenever we have Are emotion. Are you sad? No, I'm not sad. Oh. But I just, I don't know. I've just been, I, you know what? Maybe it is the winter. I think it's the cold because you know when like, I feel like in the summer when you're not wearing as much clothes, you're more conscious of what you're eating. But since I'm always in like baggy sweatshirts throughout the winter. You're also like, probably indoors more. I'm indoors. that happens. Doors. I'm watching The Bachelor and you got to eat while you watch The Bachelor. I've never watched The Bachelor. Have <laughs> you never watched The Bachelor? No, I guess that's That's like, a show that makes you want to eat or drink or yeah. do drugs, yeah. Is it, is it still Juan Pablo? Is it, it still, is the, still Juan the homophobic Pablo. Bachelor? Yes, is although still... they discovered last night that he's not homophobic. It's that he just doesn't understand English. So he uses uh -huh. poor choice of words. That's a that's a good cover. You know, good job, NBC. You know, it's very upsetting. Going to the weight thing for one second with that show is they never have a fat girl on that. They don't even have a chubby girl on that show. I want ABC to do a season of The Bachelor where it's all like chubby you know what? women. That, th so this weekend yeah. in uh, New York Times Magazine, there was an interview with Chris Harrison, the, yeah. the host of The Bachelor. And they actually asked him about that. Why don't you do, ever do like regular people? Yeah. And he was just not, he was like, it's a visual medium. No, like, that's not what the people want. It's a business. We're running a business. What are you talking about? The biggest loser is like, like the biggest show on, on uh, prime time, like reality. Right. But that's not the We love fat people. Right. But the selling point of the biggest loser is this like incredible oh, yeah, story not of fat. transformation. <laughs> right. In this like really unhealthy way. That's the, the story of the biggest loser. Right. But he also said something else. He was like, I know why these guys are all single. It's because they're eating like. 50,000 egg whites a day and just working out all day. 
And that's pretty much, that's it. Right. Then when would they have time to, to court anybody? Right, when they're at the gym all the time. He also I, mentioned, um, and I, I'm curious in getting like your opinion on your preference with this. He also said something in the interview about how they're all hairless. Who, all the men? The men like have, they have no hair on their chest. Yeah. So I read that like as I was falling asleep and then I had a dream that I had like an Austin Powers, like hairy chest. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah. So... What do you what do you prefer? You like the smooth look? Do you I like, like the, the smooth look. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. My All boyfriend it? shaves like head to toe. Really? Yeah. What what? Like uh, he shaves his head, he shaves his chest, his back, everything. Really? Yeah. Is he a naturally hairy person? Is no, it? I don't know. He just started that before he met me, and then I was like, I like this. I don't know right. what you're making a weird face. <laughs> oh no, I'm just curious. Like I'm just really curious to see what the. I don't know. No, what your I opinion mean, on is? I don't. I mean, I don't have. I really don't have a preference. If you're good looking, you're good looking. I don't think the hair is really gonna be a fact. Oh, I mean, if you have a good personality, I think that's what I. Meant that was the <laughs> best Freudian slip ever. If you ever. have a good personality, then that's all that matters. Not oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good cover. Good cover. Thank you. And Juan Pablo just doesn't understand English. No, he's very good looking though. <laughs> he is really good looking. But uh, you know what you were saying? How. Chris Harrison was saying that these guys are single because they spend so much time at the gym. But, um, I, and you know, it's so funny. I know a lot of people who like go to the gym and meet people. I've never met someone at the gym because I'm like so disgusting when I'm working out. I, I don't fathom how like people like hook up at the gym. Yeah. When I first started working out, I, I lived with uh, my cousin and her, who's a, my age and is a female and her friend. Yeah. And I was asking about that. There was this girl I thought was cute at the gym, and I was like, how do I talk to her? And they're like, don't. Yeah. Don't. No one wants to be stalked at, like, out, outside the oh, elliptical machine. Oh, it's the machine. worst. Because especially when you're sweating, you don't want some guy talking to you. Yeah, I could see you that. You know. But anyway, I think that should lead us into our fitness our, question of the week. You want to read it? I do. Okay, so our fitness question of the week comes from Adria in Edison, New Jersey. And here's what she has to, has to ask us. I've lost th uh, 40 pounds over the last year and a half or so. I lost weight by reducing calories and eating less junk. That's a, that's a good way to do it. I'm doing 30 minutes three times a week on the elliptical machine, and I walk to work. Thing is, I stopped losing weight about two months ago. Don't get me wrong, I'm proud of the weight I lost, but I still have more weight to lose. I'm 5'3", 160 pounds. I'm eating about 1,600 calories a day now, and if I go too far below that, there's no way I'm going to be able to stick to the diet. So my question is, how much more cardio do I need to do to lose that last 20 pounds to get to my goal weight? Or should I just accept that I'll always be chubby and be happy that I'm at least better off now than I was before? Okay. Great question. And that's... Yeah, that is a really good question. Pretty common question. Yeah, I get this a lot. And actually, I struggled with this when I first started losing the weight. So, we, so for those of you that don't know, Robin's story is that eight years ago, she lost... 85 pounds. Right. Over how long did it take you to it lose 85? It took about two years to lose the 85 pounds. And then, well, the first summer I lost like 35, like in like, you know, two weeks, like, because I had never worked out before. So you were so, like, yeah. right, right. So it was just like literally Marked increase off. in activity. Yeah. So the first 30 came off right away. And then the next 50 took like a year and a half to so you, come off. After that first 30, you kind of plateaued, you hit that. Oh my God, I kept plateauing. And then I would lose two pounds and then stay and then lose so five So when you started exercising... Stay. Were you doing strictly cardio? What were you doing? I was doing, I was, <laughs> the, the, I remember because the day before I started this, my best friend who's a personal trainer gave me, taught me how to do bicep curls, um, 
row, like the upward rows and um, overhead press. And those are the only three exercises I knew. So I'd go to the gym every morning at like four in the morning because I was fat and I didn't want anyone to see me. And then I would do, I'd say go on the elliptical <laughs> for like 30 minutes right. and then I'd do those three exercises like one rep of 10. You know, like I didn't know what I was doing. So know? when you hit that wall, did you start incorporating other exercises? Did you start burying the intensity of Yeah, the so that's what happened. I, like her, I was just doing the elliptical. Like I was doing nothing else. So I plateaued. I mean, I mean, to answer, for me at least, to answer this question is one, you need to have a full program like weight She needs to do training. some strength training. Yeah, she has to do like strength right. training. Because I mean, she needs to increase her muscle mass. Right. In addition to just losing fat, she needs to increase her muscle mass. Muscle takes more energy to maintain than, than fat, so it's going to up your your metabolism even when you're not exercising. Yeah. Clients always say to me, like, oh, I don't want to get bulky. I, I want to lose weight. And I'm like, yes, but, like, muscle burns fat. You know, like, if you, right. if yeah. you yeah, yeah. do weights, you're not going to get bulky. You're still a woman or you're still not, like, you know – lifting 250 pounds over your head. You know, these are 10-pound weights, 5-pound weights. You're just like, you're burning calories. You're getting stronger, which I see. I didn't know that when I first started. Just like her, I was just doing the elliptical. And then, you know, at first the 30 pounds came off and then nothing. Right. Until I started doing weight training. Yeah, and it also doesn't say, but... So I don't know if she's going at like a a consistent pace for 30 minutes or if she's varying the intensity because... Even within that, thir- she actually could probably do less time on the elliptical and up the intensity. So if she does more intervals, so if she warms up for two minutes and then takes a minute and just kind of hauls ass for yeah. a minute, brings it back down for another minute, then you know just kind of goes back and forth between changing the uh, the resistance and the speed to the that up and down, that up and down, that up and down, that up and down, that back and forth. She could probably do about twelve minutes on the elliptical, and then I get off the elliptical. I do little bit of strength training, even if she's not using weights, something with some resistance bands, some, um, you know, even just like some body weight stuff, some push-ups, some chair dips, you know, anything that anything new that she incorporates in her program right now is going to spike her mentality. You just said it. You just have to change it up because right. your body gets used to stuff. So if you're doing the same 30 minutes, same resistance, same incline, your body will get used to it. So if you just change up the program or the machine you're using, I mean, the, you know, the strength right. training is important, too, to incorporate. But just, like, changing the type of cardio you're doing will also, I think, make a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't know if she's there now. I don't know what sort of uh, physical limitations she may have. But, you know, if she doesn't want to join a gym and she doesn't want to buy a whole bunch of equipment, at some point, I think one of the best investments that she could buy, providing she has somebody to show her how to use them correctly, is... Uh, the Richard Simmons workout. <laughs> I was going to say kettlebells. Okay, but, or that. But, you know, maybe, I don't know, does does Richard Simmons have a kettlebell workout? I would say kettlebells just because it's going to hit both of those things at the same time. You're going you're gonna to work aerobically and anaerobically at the same time. You're moving consistently, but you're also building strength because they're weighted. So I would, I would recommend that she look into maybe purchasing a kettlebell. Sounds good. All right. Uh, so I'm really excited to bring on our guest because I, 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 first off, I've only been in one fight in my entire life. Me too, one fight. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wait, hold on. I want to bring on this guest, but I almost want to hear your I want to hear, hear right, your I'm going to give you the really, really, really short version. I went to Yukon spring break. There's like 20,000 people in one parking lot and I, everyone's drunk and I bump into this girl. I called her, like, like 
she literally was same height, everything, just different ethnicity. Otherwise, we same build, okay? And I just bump into her, and I'm like, yeah, sorry. You know, like, okay. And she's like, don't fucking bump into me. And I was like, I'm sorry, you know, like, as I always am. And then she goes and she pushes me. And I was like so drunk and shocked. I was like, oh. And then she goes and punches me in my face, right? Oh. And then I was like, first of all, like I've never been in a fight in my life, but I was like so filled with like, I can't believe this happened in like in defense mode that I just pushed her. She fell down. I was so drunk. I fell on top of her and just start like, like snapped and just started like punching and going nuts and like beating the crap out it's of like her. It's like that scene in A Christmas Story when yes. Ralphie snaps. Yes, exactly. And beats and the hell out of like, the bully. Yeah. Someone had to like take me off her because I wouldn't stop. I just like completely snapped. That is awesome. Wait, quickly. Tell me your story. Okay, actually, John, our uh, our producer, yeah, was actually there. He was a witness to the the one punch that I've ever thrown in my yeah. life. Um, we were working uh, a stand up gig out of town. We were in some like waspy town in like Connecticut, I think. Okay, and it was one of those things where it was like a bar show, and like they didn't tell anyone that. Oh, by the way, at nine o'clock, we're going to turn off all the games, and right. a bunch of like young guys are just going to start cursing into microphones. <laughs> right, yeah. so it was like just like doomed to fail. Right. So we had some hecklers and they were like, what was weird is like, they weren't like, you know, like, um, like, you know, like drunk rednecks or anything. They were like, it was like the, like the cast of American Psycho started heckling. Okay. So John was hosting the show. John gets up and he just tears this guy apart, like a 10 minute monologue. <laughs> it's like, he's going after like the guy's wife and children. It was amazing. Right. So the guy charges the stage. He grabs John by the, the, like by the collar and he's like choking him and Again, I'm not, I just just reflexively, I bolted up, I ran up, I pu- I turned the guy around, and I I punched him right. <laughs> and here's the thing about me: like I was not an athletic kid. Yeah. I wasn't like a jock in high school. I was the lead in all the musicals. Right. So like, John was like, "Thank you so much. That's so cool that you threw. You know, that you took one for me. You know, that you threw a pu- yeah. threw a punch for me." He's like, "But it was obvious from that punch that you've never been in a fight." <laughs> but that you have been in West Side Story. He's like, I'm pretty oh, sure you man. pointed your foot and everything when you threw that punch. <laughs> Did like a pirouette afterwards. Oh, right? yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, the guy was taller than me. That's <laughs> So amazing. I got some air on that. Yeah, it was totally like a Jets versus the Sharks type Love punch. Love it. You but know what? That the, guy, is... the guy hit the ground, so that's all I'm going to say. That's, right. that's the perfect intro into our guest. Why don't you tell our guest, everyone who we have today? Our guest today is the 2013 WKA 143-pound tournament winner in Muay Thai, which I'm probably mispronouncing. Uh, WKA is the World Kickboxing Association, and he's got uh, the World Kickboxing Association tournament coming up in three weeks. He's got a record of six and two with one KO. Ladies and gentlemen, Joshua Brandenburg. How you Welcome, doing? Joshua. Yeah, thank you very much. What do you How think about our fighting stories? Do you think we could compete? I, I think it's fantastic. I love, I love hearing about it because the funny thing is, I've never been in a street fight. Really? I've never been in a street fight. I only, uh, you know, I, I fight, uh, I fight in the ring, and then outside of the ring, I don't. And you know, that's one of the funny things that I tend to find about most professional martial artists is they don't really get in fights on the street. Well, no, because they get it all out in, in the professional world, so you don't have this built-up anger. That yeah, I mean, you, you do get it out, and you also realize suddenly, you know, because you've been in these really, really high-stress situations mm-hmm. that you've, you've willingly put yourself in, that when these situations come up in real life, 90% of the time, it's just stupid. And you kind of laugh, and you realize, you know, this person has no idea what they'd be getting into, and right. you walk away. 
Okay. Right. Can you? Well, ex- you also know, like you've got that in your back pocket. Yeah. Like, well, that's I don't the need thing. to test myself. Yeah. I should could... something come up, you know, you know, I can take care of myself. There's not going to be a problem here. This is not an issue. So, how long have you been doing? Can you say it for me, Mu- Muay Thai? Did I say Mu- that correctly? Muay Thai. Yeah, that's right. Muay Wait, Thai. Before you even say how long, what is Muay Thai? Uh, so, Muay Thai is the martial art of Thailand. It's called the art of the eight limbs because you are allowed to strike with eight different points: uh, your two fists, your two elbows your two knees, and your shins, your legs. So the idea is to strike. You kick the person in the legs, the stomach, the face. You punch him in the face, the stomach. You knee him in the face, the stomach. You elbow right across the bridge of the nose. You know, it's it's about striking with, with a, aggressive force. So you compete under... Um the kickboxing umbrella is kickboxing just a general term, or is that something that or is that different? Is uh, there a difference? It, it, kickboxing is actually a different um, a different classification. There's a different set of rules. Um, kickboxing is done. The strikes are done more with like the top of the foot. It's done on a point system. Whereas Muay Thai, the goal is to strike with the shin, do the most damage possible, and you know the fight either you stop your opponent so that they cannot continue. They're either unconscious or they can't get up off the ground. Or Jesus. you, you know, it goes, oh, it goes to the end of the, it goes to the end of the fight, and then That's it goes into the, West Side story. into the judge's decision. Yeah. Wow. Wait, so do, do you, Doug, you go. How how long have you been how long have you been doing this? Um, I'm actually I've been fairly new to the game. I've been training for about five and a half years now. Um, and as soon as I started, I got instantly instantly hooked. So right now, I train five to six days a week for two to three hours a day. Were you in some other sort of martial art before that, or? Uh, I was a I was a very very athletic kid growing up, um, so I uh, did you know four sports through uh, like my high school time. I did I, I wrestled, I pole vaulted, I played tennis, I played soccer, uh, kind of in and out through those. I also you know I wrestled in in uh, junior high and elementary school. Um, and I actually, I did a very unconventional sport in college, which most people would never, ever consider a sport, but I was actually a competitive cheerleader. Well, no, cheerleading no, is work. It was work. Don't get me wrong. It was absolutely work, and it was a lot of fun. For I me, saw it bringing was, on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, that's exactly what it was. Just like that. Exactly the same as Spirit bringing on. Spirit fingers? Are you good with spirit fingers? <laughs> right here they are. <laughs> Wait, going back to this, t- I can't even say it. Muay Thai. M- Muay Thai. Muay Thai. So you're saying okay, so you fight till the person's like unconscious, right? Well, there are there are there is a rule structure to it. Um, so Muay Thai rounds are a little shorter because it's a um, it's a very uh, high impact sport because you're taking when somebody goes to kick you, you block it by lifting your leg up and you take it on your shin. So it's shin on shin block. You know, are you wearing some, pads? Uh, no. Oh. No, so it's Man. it's it's very very high impact, very high aggression. So it's they're shorter rounds. So you'll have typically like for an amateur fight, it'll be uh, three two minute rounds, very quick. It goes and you know it goes absolutely like lightning fast with a minute in between. And for that two minutes, you're moving the entire time. There's no there's no rest period. Um, you have what's called the the tie clinch, where you're in close range with the person. Where you're you, let's say like I could grab behind your head would be the clinching range. But within that range, you're kneeing each other in the stomach, you're elbowing each other in the face, you're trying to knee each other in Do the you face. Ever get, so like, there's constant. Seriously hurt? That's it, serious. Is a serious is a relative is a relative point. I mean, in I guess in our community, what might be serious, what might be a completely like uninteresting injury, might be serious for somebody else. So I mean, there will be a lot of I've um, I've popped my elbow out of socket and dislocated the the elbow socket there. I've torn the rotator cuff in my left shoulder. Um, I've, it's not infrequent for me to have, you know, black eyes or, 
you know, to, to have. That's um, crazy. And, they, and you keep <laughs> pretty doing happy this. <laughs> Wait, yeah. is this. And this is legal, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is completely legal. It's, com- How is this it's completely legal? legal. It's the only thing that's illegal in New York is the actual defined MMA mixed martial arts. So if you're not doing MMA, then it's illegal in, like in the state of New but York. But has anyone ever do, died do, doing this? That's a good question. I would, I would say you could probably find every sport in the entire world and somebody's died doing it. Not chess. Not, not chess? Ch- <laughs> <laughs> well, now we bring up the definition it. of what's a sport. But I mean, <laughs> it, you, look at, you look at most of the sports out there. I mean, literally, take, I mean, look at bobsledding. or I mean, you look at every sport out yeah. there and somebody oh, yeah. has had an accident where something went wrong. And, you know, it's, it is an accepted part. Now, you understand going into it that there is a, uh, a high chance and a high degree of, of, uh, of injuries that could happen because you're dealing with things that can change in, an, in a second. Right. In one second. Probably just your footing. Like if yeah, you I mean, just you position could, yourself awkwardly or something. You just, you, somebody, you know, they distract you with one hand and you don't see the other one coming and all of a sudden, you know, you've broken your jaw or, you know, there's, there's, it's instantaneous that the things can go from being really well to suddenly yeah. you're so in So this trouble. is actually a perfect transition. I want to talk to you a little bit about your training. So obviously if someone's trying to kick and punch you as hard as they can in the face, right? Like uh, preparation is key. So I want to talk to you a little bit about your training, and one of the things I want to, I want to start with is, so it's um, like most fighting sports, there are weight classes. Mm-hmm. So where do you fight? What, what's your weight class? So I, uh, I fight in around the 140 range. So my And what do you weigh ordinarily? Ordinarily, I walk at around uh, my walking weight. That's what we, we, we have our fighting weight and our walking weight. Our walking weight is, is pre, pre-weigh and pre-cut weight. So my, my walking weight is around 153, 154. Uh, ideally for me, it's 156, but um, that's kind of where my walking weight is. And then my fighting weight, my last fight was at 137. This next fight will be at 139 and a half. So you Whoa. have to drop like 15, 20 pounds to uh, fight? Yeah, it's for me an easy cut is around is around 15 pounds. That's a real simple easy cut. A little harder cut would be 18 or so. And Some ha- the- how do you do that? How do you cut it? Um, so there's and there's, how fast? There's a there's a process that I do, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, put a little disclaimer out this there that this is only because I'm in a competitive sport. This is not something I would advise for the average person who like I need to lose 15 pounds. Right, this right. is not the way for the average well, person it's also to a, do I it. I mean, by definition, what you're talking about, you have a walking weight, so this is a quick fix. This is by a, definition. This is a quick fix. This is literally and uh, this is simply just a water weight cut. And the goal of this is I don't want to lose any muscle mass. I don't want to lose any um, of my retained energy in the muscles. Or your and your strength, I, right? And my yeah. strength. And I also want to be able to uh, maintain um, the safety and health of my organs inside my body as well. So, so you don't want to do anything that's going to cause long-term Right. I'm not, yeah, I'm not so looking for long-term Diuretics, diet pills. Um, anything that's going to cause excessive yeah, that kind of stuff stress to, to the liver. That kind of stuff is really not necessary. So what I do is called a, um, it's called a water and a sodium load. Um, and uh, basically, if let's say that I had to do a weigh-in on Friday and weigh-ins are 24 hours before my fight. So if I have to do a weigh-in on Friday, on Sunday, I'm going to start intaking extremely high levels of water and sodium. High levels meaning I'm going to be averaging around two gallons of water, and I'm going to be intaking as much sodium as I possibly can. This is going to do a couple different things. One is um, 
it begins to saturate my body with water and my 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 brain tells it, it registers this and it says okay you've got tons of water and there's still more water coming in so i need to flush out water so your body begins to flush out as so how much often water. are you peeing when you when you're doing that uh, about every 35 minutes <sighs> Every no long bus trips. <laughs> no. Man, you no. can't ride the A train. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's that stop from 59 to 125. That's it. I see plenty of people peeing on the A train. So <laughs> yeah, it, it becomes, well, the good thing is it's a nice, clear, smellless pee. So right. you're, you're in luck there. Okay, so you're drinking but, this. So I'm drinking tons, but because my body is flushing out massive amounts of water, I have to intake sodium because every time that you pee, every time you urinate, you're losing sodium. Your body is pushing sodium out. When you sweat, you're losing sodium. Right. And the only way for your body to process incoming water is with sodium. Sodium is how our body processes it, it absorbs it. So without any of this incoming sodium in, I now begin to get water logging in different organs. I begin to get, um, my, my body uh, has, has problems processing all of the water that's in there. It's been bombarded. Yeah, it's been yeah. bombarded with tons and tons of water. And so it wants to get rid of it, but at the same time, it's having trouble utilizing the water that's in there. So that's why so I So let maintain... me ask a question about that then. So you still are training, right? Like those couple days before Absolutely. the fight. So what are you doing in terms of what what are you doing to get the the calories that you need in order to have the energy to get through your training sessions? Well, that's a really that that's a really really important factor because my very first cut that I made for my for my first fight, I went about it completely the wrong way. I was cutting back calories really heavy, going on a almost a, a what what you consider would be starvation levels, not not real starvation levels, but I was looking at around like twelve hundred to sixteen hundred calories a day, but training at but extremely training, yeah. high levels. And what I found was I was actually losing muscle mass. I was losing muscle mass. I was losing energy. My training, uh, my training regimen began to go downhill. I had less energy in the academy when I was training. I was getting worse workouts in. I was getting less rest overnight when I was sleeping. So it became this cyclical cycle where, yeah, I was losing. I was losing weight, but I was actually losing muscle, which is help, which is what helped you know burn all that fat. And at the same time, I was losing energy which meant I got worse workouts in the long run. So that was a really bad mistake that I made in my first one. Uh, over, over time, I've, I've really learned to modify it so that I'm getting um, a really great balance of uh, good carbohydrates, you know, sweet potatoes, uh, Which is so grains. important for people at home. People think that carbs are the enemy. They're not. No. You, you just know, need good carbs. Yeah, good, good carbs. Good carbohydrates because it's impossible for your body to process protein without the carbohydrates in there. So, I, and I'll, I'll do protein. My protein will be, um, uh, you know, lean meats, chicken breasts, um, fishes, but I'll also once or uh, once a week have red meat in there because I want to keep my iron levels. Iron, yep. I want to keep my iron levels high, so I'll have red meat at least once a meat uh, once a week. Um, I'll do that as well as lots and lots of healthy vegetables. But this is this is including on the week that you need to lose 15 Absolutely. pounds. Absolutely. While I'm doing this water and sodium loading, I'm eating all this. I'm eating lots of vegetables. I'm eating sweet potatoes. I'm eating chicken. I'm eating fish. I'm eating whole grain rice. I'm eating all these things that are great for me. So my energy levels are high. I'm keeping Which is a really interesting point. And this is something that I try and stress to people all the time. So you have I know you're not talking about a calorie restriction, you're you but there are probably a finite number of calories that you need to consume while you're doing this so you don't exceed the the weight, even if it's with, right. with muscle weight, right? right? So it's not about, it's not just about counting calories. If you have a finite number of calories that you know you can consume in a day, you need to pack the most, yes. the most like pound for your punch, the most uh, value into those calories. And yeah, it's, with it's and, these, and that's these, one of the things. These you foods know, you, that don't have a huge caloric value, 
but ha- are just you're just you know absolutely pay off and just in, in their value absolutely i mean you look at look at great things like uh like 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 your fresh vegetables your broccoli and your cauliflower and uh your your spinach and things like that they've got tons and tons of nutrients and vitamins and, and fiber and fiber and and all of that Which keeps your insulin levels regulated absolutely it helps keep push it helps push everything right through the body it's i mean you're not packing on an extra thousand calories by having some broccoli that you you know you steamed or you cooked properly you're actually just benefiting yourself in the long run so i'll do uh around three days of this really high water sodium load so sunday are you adding the sodium into the water or do you no because that tastes absolutely terrible (laughs) oh god so then how are you taking in the sodium i'm putting i'm putting salt on uh onto most everything that i'm eating okay now again this is not something that i'm going to advise for the average person this is just because but putting yourself in a position where someone's going to punch you in the face is probably not advisable for the the average person yeah it's an extreme situation we are looking at a really extreme situation Do, we, um, do girls do this sport? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. You don't see as large of um, of weight cuts from the ladies' side as you do from the men's side. Um, there's a, it, it tends to be a, a little easier on the men. Um, are the women as ripped as you? Like, are they like ripped or? The women do get um, significantly uh, shredded and get really toned. There's going to be a difference because women are not the same as men. Women are women. Get you know, out. they have. Yeah, I know it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. To, it's crazy once you realize it. But you know, there's men have lots of testosterone. Women have estrogen. It's when you were talking about earlier about getting in. If am I going to gain? Am I going to get really big muscles if uh, I lift yeah. weights? Oh, yeah. You know, every time women I have a conversation are not the same. That's what I say. Women are like, I don't want to lift heavy weights because I don't want big bulky muscles. And I ask them, well, are you on steroids? No. Then you don't have the testosterone levels to support a yeah, ton of muscle it's, mass. It's just not. So not you know, happen. the women will. The women will get into an incredibly fit and really um, amazing shape, but. There are women. They're naturally going to have a higher fat content in the body than men. They naturally have more estrogen, which means uh, less muscle mass than men do. So they are really fit and ripped. But no, they're not going to look the same as a guy because it's just not in the genetic makeup of a woman to be the same as a man. Can so this, anyone do this? Like, can I go to the the school you work at and just fight? Like, do I have to get taught? Because I would love to do this. I feel like well, I'd what be we do is terrible. Uh, but particularly, I feel like I want to try this. <laughs> the one thing I the one thing I love uh, uh, about our academy and. I'll, I'll mention the name of it. It's the Henzo Gracie Academy. We've got uh, Henzo Gracie on 30th between 7th and 8th. I'm going to intentionally mispronounce it just as a reference for people that want to Google it. I'm going to say Renzo Gracie only because yes, R-E-N-Z-O. it's Brazilian. So that's the Gracie family, right? It Which is, is a Gracie famous family. Brazilian. Very, very famous Brazilian family. Basically, um, uh, UFC was built on like the... The back, the, the foundation laid by the Gracies. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. They came in and they wanted to uh, create a competition in America that would show that Gracie Jiu-Jitsu was better than the other martial arts that were out there. And it created this idea of um, beginning to mix and, and meld all the disciplines together. Um, but that's, that's that same family, that same Gracie family. Right. So there's the Henzo Gracie Academy here in the city. We've also got the Henzo Gracie Fight Academy in Brooklyn as well. But one of the things I really love about it is the fact that we take anybody because everybody has a different goal 
So our, we're not taking everybody and saying, you're all gonna be fighters. Right. You're all gonna go get in the ring. For some people, they just wanna be healthy. For some people, they want an environment that encourages them and they see people that hold them accountable and they feel excited and they're surrounded by great energy. For some people, they wanna get in better shape. For some people, they wanna rehab from injuries. So we look at every person and we That's take so funny, the particular want to goals. Rehab going into this sport where they well, could actually. Well, it's it actually increases flexibility. It's great for absolutely right. Like, and we're also we're not taking it's. You don't get in there and you know. Throw me yeah, into we're a not going to take you in your first day. And we're going to like okay, I'm going to punch you get in the, the cage. face. <laughs> I'm punch you in the face, and I want to see what you do. <laughs> like no. Robin, now shut up and get in the cage. And like, Everything so, is a very safe, very well structured environment. <laughs> where I would I could I could ask you questions all day about this, but I'm gonna. I've got just two quick little fitness questions. Uh, so the first, well, uh, first I have to wrap up the, the water sodium load. Oh, sorry. Yeah. The very, the very last bit of it. Basically, what happens is um, I've got the, the the high water levels. Uh, two days out from the weigh in, I cut the sodium out. Then one day out from the weigh in, I cut the water out and the sodium as well. So now the body it takes uh, anywhere from twelve to thirty six hours for the body to register that there isn't high levels of water coming in. So the body keeps pushing water out. At the same time, then I do a, a series of uh, different water cuts that help to uh, assist with the body, the body um, getting the extra water out of the system. And then that gets the weigh in, and then immediately I put that weight back so on. So like the 15 with pounds that you're dropping, it's water. It's 100% water, and the majority of it is coming from uh, the skin and then some of the uh, uh, smaller organs as well. But the idea is to maintain water in the muscles so that my muscles are not getting so dehydrated. So they're oxidated. Yeah, absolutely. So here's the first of right. what my two questions was going to be. Um, so then talk to me about. The, you've weighed in, now what do you eat? All right, so I've weighed in. Um, because I'm at really extremely high levels of dehydration, the first most important thing is rehydrating. Um, so we'll do a mixture of uh, Pedialyte and coconut water. Which is also great for hangovers. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Pedialyte, it, it was you know developed for um, small children having diarrhea where they would get extremely dehydrated. So it's a great way of getting back in there. It's not the most pleasant tasting though. So we'll mix it with coconut water to kind of thin it out. So Pedialyte and coconut water um, for the first half an hour, just Pedialyte, coconut water. Then um, we'll, uh, for the next half an hour, start adding in a little bit of Gatorade as well. Um, Pedialyte water, for Gatorade. Carbs. Yeah, to start getting that in there. And then after the first hour of rehydrating, then it's starting to get um, um, some more uh, nutrients back in the water, some sodium back in there. I mean, the sodium's coming in with the Pedialyte a lot as well, but starting to get just some um, real night, uh, uh, real light whole whole nut grain bars, uh, bars that are using uh, unprocessed proteins, whole whole grains, whole nuts, something that the body is able to slowly break down and digest in there. Um, at that point, it's not really necessary to be doing protein shakes and stuff because I'm not. I didn't just go through a heavy, you know, um, resistance training exercise right, right. where I'm trying to get a whole bunch of protein in my body. Because remember, I've been eating this entire time. I wasn't starving myself. My calorie intake was fine. So the the most primary aspect is getting rehydration back into my back into my entire body and, and getting that rehydration level back up. So my my last fitness question is, I guess, just to relate the lessons that we learned today to just everyday people out there. Something like the question that we had today, where someone's hitting this plateau, they don't want to, they don't want to reduce their calories, right? Because she's like, I know for a fact that I'm not going to be able to sustain the, anything, anything lower than this this level of calories. In terms of the training, what what would your advice be to somebody like that? You know, my, my advice would be somewhat similar to what you guys already discussed. 
the caloric restriction, that is only one aspect of the game. If you just keep cutting calories, in the end, you're going to be doing more long-term damage to yourself. What it's really about is how are you utilizing the time that you are training? If you're just hitting cardio, okay, that's one aspect of it. But are you doing the cardio the same way every time? Interval training, training your uh, uh, creating a difference in the amount of resistance and energy that you're putting out in there. Having resistance training is really, really important as well. I'm going to let you know that I do almost zero physical weight lifting. Almost all of my exercises are done with body weight exercises. You guys can't see him, but this this guy is jacked. Ripped. Ripped. And he showed us his pictures of when he Let's weighed in, <laughs> where he looked like Christian Bale and the Machinist. Yeah. And then his picture afterwards where he looked like Christian Bale and yeah. American you Psycho. You could see one just, I mean, they're both, you're ripped, and, but one you just have like a healthier glow. Yeah, it's well, and that's that's where water in the in the body is really important. But I would really look at, you know, there are lots of body weight exercises out there. I mean, just look at things like push ups and lunges and squats and step ups and pull ups and chin ups and everything. There's a thousand different variations and ways to do them. You know, if you're doing a push up, are your hands wide? Are your hands narrow? Are your elbows out? Are your elbows in? Mm -hmm. You know, when you're doing when you're doing squats, are you doing a nice full range of motion with your chest up and your chin down? It's and your core. Type. Exactly. Core is such a huge aspect of it. I spend probably half of my uh, um, resistance training time is in core training, is in making sure that my core stability is there. Mm -hmm. Love it. I can't stress that enough to not only the people listening, but with all my clients, like I'm, it's, it's everything. And you know, you're, what you're doing, it's a lot of agility and a lot of balance and things mm -hmm. like that. And that all comes back to, to a strong core. Absolutely. You, you don't, you know, you're not going to have any balance whatsoever without Absolutely. really developing the core. And, and there's, there's still this mentality in the, in the gym community that I have to go and do these 1970s bodybuilder exercises where I need to get in there and I need to curl this one bicep for a half an hour. Mm -hmm. And you know, really what we're realizing now is it's about utilizing as many muscle groups at one time as I can. You know, if I've got that kettlebell, kettlebell yeah mm -hmm. using that kettlebell and doing a a full you know a full squat down and getting a clean with a press at the top you know and doing it in a controlled manner now i'm utilizing lots of muscle groups so it's not just one muscle group one big muscle group but now i've got my supporting muscle groups i'm also strengthening and helping to tighten up my ligaments and my tendons so mm -hmm. i'm keeping my joints really healthy compound I'm getting movements a, yeah getting a full range of motion in there i mean it's it, i can't say enough about multiple muscle groups being worked at the same time and not just sitting there in the gym and doing curls for 35 minutes that's unless awesome. you're unless you're trying to be a bodybuilder thank you so much that's so that's so great yeah uh wow we're gonna have to bring you back because i want to actually get into like some of the specifics of the actual exercise we talked a lot about the, the cutting weight which i think is really interesting i think there's a lot of information that's useful yeah. to anybody out there um Josh, thanks. Joshua, thank you Absolutely. so yeah, much. Thank pleasure. you so, for Thank coming. you so much for, for letting thank me come in so here. Yeah, yeah. No, and please That's come great. back because we do really do want to talk to you more. I would love about to. I would love to. Uh, Joshua is an instructor at the Renzo Gracie Studio in Manhattan. Yep. Uh, so if you're looking for information on that, this sounds like something that might be of interest to you. Uh, hey, Adria, who sent our question today. Maybe maybe she should check it out. Yeah. Or at uh, least check out uh, pictures of him online. He's very Renzo, good R-E-N-Z-O, Gracie, G-R- a-C-I-E dot com. Renzo Gracie, Henzo is the way you pronounce it, but. And uh, if you have questions for us, please email us at our new email. Our new email, thebodcastpodcast at gmail.com. All right. You cool. know what time it is? Is it Danny Tanner time? It is Danny Tanner it's time. It's the Danny Tanner, what did we learn this week moment? 
Well, this week I learned that when a fighter cuts weight, that the weight they lose is water weight, and that that's just a quick fix to get them through the way through to get them through their weigh-in. And that it's a, a short fix, which applies to anyone out there. They're not cutting calories. They're still taking calories in. They're still getting a lot of quality calories in the calories that they are taking in. And they're planning on putting all that weight back. So anyone out there that's thinking about dehydrating themselves just to look good for something, it's short-sighted. That's what I learned today. I learned my Danny Tanner moment of the week is I learned, although it takes huge balls for a woman to be a TIE fighter, Men and women are different. Yes, they are. Isn't that deep? We're, I love <laughs> I, it. I have a tear coming to my eye. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> I also learned that if you're, if you say I'm eating like a pregnant woman, that's bullshit because pregnant. No, women no, pregnant only women do in fact eat that way, so it is accurate. Oh, it's okay. just they don't have to eat that way. Is really what my point was. Okay, this is. This was great. But I guess their hormones are going crazy. Like, I guess, you know, I'm not going to tell a pregnant woman that. <laughs> As pregnant women come in here and beat the crap out crazy. of you. crazy. They do their tie fighting on you. Exactly. All right. Guys, next week we're going to be talking about addictions, both, you know, drinking and food addictions and how, uh, you know, being in a program like AA is really similar to trying to be healthy Live and healthy work out. Yeah. yeah. So definitely tune in next week. I'm Robin Shaw. I'm Michael Buckley. And this is the podcast. Bye.